Do you see dead people? Not because you're a Bruce Willis superfan, but because visits with Gma got a little weird after her funeral. Are you often up at 3 a.m. googling the various ways in which bodies decompose? But you swear it's just harmless research. Are you the first of your friend group to go on a murder tour or rent a haunted location for the night? Then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to the Identity Podcast. Hello, OddPod listeners, and welcome back to another episode. This week I bring you an interview with Cindy Harper, an author and the director of historical research and paranormal documentation of Sweet Springs Resort Park Foundation and Sweet Springs Sanitarium in Sweet Springs, West Virginia. Cindy is also the official paranormal documentarian for Sweet Springs Sanitarium. Cindy's connection with the paranormal runs deep. In childhood, she experienced seeing mist-like apparitions and poltergeist-type activity. She used cassette recorders and cameras to conduct her own paranormal experiments and enjoyed reading and collecting ghost stories. Cindy has many years of experience in paranormal research and maintains an active role within the paranormal community by managing tours of Old Sweet, as it's affectionately called, and continuing to document paranormal experiences. I had a lot of fun doing this interview, and it's clear to me that Cindy adores Old Sweet and is thoroughly invested in the history the property has. Please note that this interview was conducted via phone, so the audio might be a little low in places. I've done my best to tweak here and there so that you'll be able to have an enjoyable listening experience. Stay tuned at the end of this episode for info about booking a tour, paranormal or otherwise, at Old Sweet, and how you can help to bring the resort back to its former glory. So get comfy and pour yourself a tall, cool glass of spring water. On with the show. If you want to start off with just a brief introduction about yourself, and we'll kind of go from there. All right. I'm Cindy Harper, and I'm the Director of Historical Research and Paranormal Documentation for Sweet Springs Sanitarium and also Sweet Springs Resort Park Foundation. Basically, I schedule tours take care of all of the historical uh, studies, you know, compile everything together, try to keep a really good record of everything that I find. Um, we plan to make a little museum um, with the, you know, the items that we have uh, recovered from, you know, years and years ago, different antique stores and people have donated things to us that were from old suite. Cool. Um, I've been in the paranormal, uh, I guess you want to call it paranormal field for a long time probably before anybody even called it paranormal, mm. <laughs> really, um, because I've always liked ghost stories, and, you know, collecting ghost stories and folklore and things like sure, that. Sure, sure. So I, that kind of, you know, of course, just turned into paranormal when I got older. You know, I always thought it was, you know, fun to see if I could find a ghost or, you know, right. <laughs> get interesting things happen, you know. Sure. Um, but for the most part, um, I, I prefer just collecting, like, information, history, you know, I'm really into historical preservation, right. and um, I live in Morgantown, West Virginia, which is about three and a half hours from Sweet Springs. Oh, wow. Um, 
which <laughs> is in Monroe County, West Virginia, right. which is down on the Virginia border. <laughs> so I first came in contact with Old Sweet back in 2004 when I had just moved back from Hawaii. And I was visiting a friend who lives in Mercer County, which is right beside Monroe County. And we just, you know, would go on road trips and drive around and, you know, just drive around looking for places to, you know, look at and take pictures of. And, you know, right. so we drove past Old Sweet and I was like, oh, what is that? You know, <laughs> and I was like, we have to stop here. And of course, 2004, there was not there was nothing going on, really. You right. know, no, nothing was there. And so we just, you know, stopped, took a couple pictures. And I said, I have to find out about this place, you know. So mm. we went to the, um, there's a historical society there in Monroe County. And I went there and I asked, you know, if anybody had the information. And they had a couple books and, you know, told me a little bit about the place and the different owners and all the different things that it has been. And um, at the time, the owner... Um, wasn't really, you know, doing anything with it yet. He was, you know, he wasn't allowing people in or anything like that. And he didn't, he planned to um, turn it back into a resort and, you know, bottled water, sell bottled water from the springs and things like that. And um, shortly after that, from what I've gathered is um, he passed away and it went to his children, of course, like an estate and none of them really wanted to do anything with it and so it sat for a while so it's really had a lot of you know it's just been different interesting uh things that have happened there and different you know just different ideas for people that have owned the place right but the current the current owner i became friends with him in 2014 um i had called down and i said i'm going to come to monroe county and i'd like to get into sweet springs mm-hmm. and at that time he had Ashby Berkeley didn't, you know, he hasn't purchased it yet. So they said, well, the place is still up in the air. You know, there's nobody to really talk to about it, but we can ask the people that have it in the estate if you can get on the property. And I said, that would be wonderful, you know. And so 2014, we got to tour the outside of the property and, you know, look at the building and things Mm -hmm. like that. And I I just have been, you know, I've just been obsessed with it ever since like 2004. So then that's (laughs) brings us 2014 and then Ashby bought it at an auction in 2015 so I of course love the place and you know I had been telling everybody at the historical society which I'm also a member of there um everybody knew that I just could not wait to talk to him and you know get in there and look around and I was just really wanted to help with whatever I could do to help restore it and so he and I became fast friends and um, they're like family to me now, and um, I've been, you know, working with him ever since on, you know, trying to get people interested in helping restore it, you right. know, getting people to, um, you know, participate in activities and things that they have on the grounds, which mm-hmm. all the proceeds go to restoring the facility. Right. So we're hoping, you know, we're, we're hoping to make that happen, and there, of course, you know, when it's a historic preservation project it's really expensive you know everything has to be done to the you know to the exact historic you know Mm. (laughs) documentation right so that has been you know a little bit of a challenge because it's a very very large building and (laughs) there are several buildings on the site so you know all of that together has made for a very big project 
Right. <laughs> so, so, of course, there was all kinds of ghost stories and all sorts of haunted stories and, you know, all sorts of folklore related to this place. Right. And that is what, of course, I had been collecting ever since 2004. Sure. So I would talk, you know how you get online and you'll get into like a forum or something and you'll start talking to people and, you know, people will be like, oh, you know, what about this? What about that? You know, and people (laughs) say, oh, I know that place. My mom used to work there. or My grandma worked there, you know. And so it was really interesting because people started sending me the stories that they either heard or experienced. Mm. And that, you know, is very fascinating. Um. And I thought, wow, this is really cool because some of these people don't even know each other and they have the same story, you know? Right. And so I found that, of course, fascinating because I didn't tell anyone else what somebody else had told me. You know, I've just been collecting it. Right. And so I was like, oh, this is really interesting. So, of course, being, you know, into the paranormal, I don't like to call myself a paranormal investigator because I feel like that's not the appropriate term for me, you know, just for me personally. Ah. I feel like it's more about documenting paranormal experiences for for me so i I don't like the term paranormal investigator for myself um a lot of people you know they do prefer that and i feel i feel like you need to be more scientific when you're saying you're an investigator you know i i i mean i feel like you need a healthy amount of skepticism yes so that you're not just I see an orb or I hear this and it's absolutely a ghost, you know, like you can't, you can't approach it that way. So yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Which I know that, you know, a lot of people, I get a lot of people who get angry with me because they're like, wow, what's the difference? It is scientific. We're using scientific tools. And I'm like, no, it is not scientific. Like I'm, I, you know, I'm I'm sorry, but it's not, Sure. (laughs) you know, and I am, a research instructor at WVU also. Um, oh, okay. I teach one class per semester. So, of course, being that I'm into scientific research, clearly I do not find, you know, paranormal investigation scientific. You're right. any kind of sense. And I'm not making fun of anybody, you know, and I'm not trying to hurt anyone's feelings. But for me personally, I always tell everyone I feel more like I'm a paranormal documentarian. Sure. Documenting experiences and I may have experiences, somebody else may have experiences, everybody has their own experience, and sure. that is okay, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know, I, I don't... mean, the, the term paranormal investigator, I feel like it's been almost, I don't know what the right word for it is, but, like, bastardized? Yes. Yeah, because, you know, you, you think about, okay, so one of my favorite TV shows is Ghost Hunters. It's always been because they actually go in there and they say, this is what's happening. This is what we think it is. And then they actually help people. And then you have people like ghost adventures who just run in there and run around in the dark and freak out and say they're possessed and all this kind of stuff. And it's just it's just craziness. You know, it's just complete craziness. And it's for the sake of television. So I feel like it's just. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's kind of icky. It's kind of an icky term now. (laughs) <laughs> yes. And I feel like there are a lot of people who, um, and I don't want to, you know, sound like I'm being mean to anyone right. in particular, yeah. because of course I feel like everybody has their own, you know, everybody has their own experience and sure. I, I can't argue with that, you know? <laughs> um, but I feel like a lot of people use paranormal as a means to make themselves famous. Yeah. Um, and 
you know, just different things like that. Now, I'm not talking about anybody in particular, no, like, celebrities or anything, because let's face it, they are actors. Most of them. <laughs> right. So, so, you know, that does, I'm sure entertainment <laughs> is an important part of that. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, Nobody wants to watch, you know, 12 hours of nothing. So, <laughs> honestly, honestly, that's what I get quite a bit. You yeah. Know, whenever I'm yeah. documenting different places. So I know everyone can feel that pain because I've heard it from almost everyone. They're like, oh, that was the most boring thing I've ever did is review footage that was literally nothing, you know. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, when I look at it like that, I'm like, okay, well, I have to appreciate the fact that it's a show. It's entertainment. You know, so they, right. you know, they are trying to get real things and some of them and others are just trying to have entertainment <laughs> right so yeah. i do think it is interesting though within the paranormal community which is why i like to kind of stay out of it um as much as i can and i think that you know people get in arguments and they get mad at each other and it's just ridiculous so i guess you know we're on the the topic of the paranormal and, and being a paranormal investigator or a paranormal researcher you know versus what is your stance on orbs? So, I've had that question a lot. Uh-huh. For, for <laughs> me, me personally, and I always say this is my personal opinion because, right. you know, people get very offended, mm-hmm. and I don't mean to offend them, but me personally, I have not seen an orb that anyone can convince me is anything. Uh, That's just me personally, okay? So, yeah. I do appreciate that people do believe things that, you know, there are things in orbs or, you know, their spirits or, or whatever. But personally, I have not seen an orb that makes me believe that it is something paranormal. Right. So especially pictures, because pictures mm. are usually dust, bugs, yep. you know, I mean, condensation. I mean, you lens flare. A, yes. Yeah. So, that's just my personal opinion on that. And sure. of course I am not knocking anyone who has <laughs> fabulous pictures of orbs. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's up to them. Well, and you know, and, with, with the invent of um, Photoshop and all of these, you know, the, you know, apps on your phone that you can insert ghosts into, I mean, the, the vil- validity of a lot of these photos is just, I mean, it's questionable now. It'd be different right. if it was like back in the 30s or 40s and people were, you know, snapping pictures of whatever was in the, oh, you know, look at this, but it's not like that anymore. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, I feel, that, I feel that way about lots of different things that I see, you know, in the paranormal community for, you know, just different, just different, uh, I don't want to call it genres, but like, you know, the, the monsters and right. the, you know, Bigfoot and, you know, mm-hmm. different things like that. I feel like now that everyone appears has a camera on them at all times, <laughs> like, why yeah. do we not have a better picture, <laughs> you know? So <laughs> that's just my personal opinion. Um, right. You know, nothing to offend anyone because if they've had an experience, that is their experience and I right. have no right to take that away from them. Exactly. But, but you know, with orbs, I really have never thought of orbs as anything that I would consider paranormal, Mm. you know, but I have had a lot of orbs in my pictures before. (laughs) I just don't think they were ghosts. Right. You think maybe you scuffed your feet or something and there was a lot of dust and now. Yeah. And and I I get a lot of people sending me um, orbs from like outdoors, like in a cemetery and and whatnot. And it's at night and I'm like, um, (laughs) 
no, sorry, I don't <laughs> see it, you know, but, but again, you know, they may have had an experience and, it, you know, it goes with it and I'm not going to deny anybody's experience because that's theirs. Sure. But, you know, for me personally, I, I have mm-hmm. not found anything that would make me believe that orbs are paranormal. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry I made you answer that question for like the millionth time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no problem. It's, it's, I think it's a good question because, you know, some people change their minds on things as they go. Mm. And if I ever do come across an orb that I think could be something, then of course I would, might change my mind. But, sure. you know. Not yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, you know, the, the thing about the, the paranormal is it seems like everybody has a paranormal story. Yes. Um, I mean, I myself have a paranormal story. Um, yeah. The spirits have always kind of been attracted to me and wanted to show themselves to me. Um, yeah. Even from when I was very, very young, um, I yeah, could always, too. yeah, I could always see something or sense something or it was just this weird feeling that I always had. And, um, yeah, I mean, like, in the house that I live in now, there is um, the spirit of a miner that follows me around. And the last time I was in an actual mine, I was, like, 12 years old, and now I'm almost 40. (laughs) So he just kind of, he follows me around, and he's got the the big old mining hat with, like, the flame that they had to light themselves. Oh, my goodness. Um, So, yeah, he he just kind of follows me around. He likes me, I guess. I don't know. Um, but he doesn't, I mean, it doesn't feel like he means me any harm. There's nothing like negative about him. He's just kind of there. Um, and then there's an older lady who I actually think followed us from a previous apartment. Um, she had passed away in the, like the main entry in our old apartment and nobody found her for a few days. Um, yeah, yeah, it was very sad and she didn't have a whole lot of family. So I feel like she kind of latched onto us because, I can kind of see them sometimes and like I would get up in the middle of the night to like get a drink or whatever and she'd just be in the kitchen. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, you know, hello, you know, I'm just, I'm just here, you know, like I don't mean you any harm. I'm just here to get a drink and then I'm going to go back to bed. And there was almost this feeling of like, okay, (laughs) you know, whatever, like I'll hang out here while you're getting a drink if that's cool. And it's like, yeah, that's cool, whatever. But yeah, I mean, everybody has a paranormal story or a paranormal experience, whether or not, like you said, whether or not it's valid or it's not. Um, It it seems like in our culture today, we want to try to explain what happens when we die. You know, there's a fear there because nobody, like, you you can have religion and you can have beliefs in what you think might happen, but nobody really knows. Um, Right. And I think a big part of that is latching on to this, this hope that maybe, you know, like when I pass away, I'll be reincarnated as this, or I'll go to my favorite place, or I'll get to stay with my family for the rest of, you know, whatever, and get to see like my grandchildren and my great grandchildren, you know, whatever, grow up and like have lives and I'll get to experience all that. Or maybe I'll just die and then I'll be done. You know, right. so it's very, the, the, the sense of mortality in, in the human animal is, <laughs> is quite strong and it's quite frightening. Um, it really is. Yeah. Is. So, I mean, you know, for people to latch on to um, this idea of, of the paranormal and another side and paranormal activity and that sort of thing. I mean, it's completely normal to want to think right. that there's something else and, and hope against hope that there is, that you're not just going to be done and that's it. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, so I, I guess from there, can we kind of get into, um, you said you, uh, you were on an online forum and there were a lot of people who have sent you kind of their stories. 
Um, can you, yeah. Can you kind of like tell us like maybe like a couple of like the ones that really stood out to you or. Yeah, sure. So what I did is I started, you know, I started reaching out because initially there was absolutely nothing online about sweet Springs, Mm -hmm. um, sanitarium, you know, resort park, whatever, whatever Mm -hmm. you want to call it. Um, (laughs) there was not a lot online, which is why I think a lot of people didn't even really know about it unless they live there, you know, in the area. And so I was just absolutely fascinated with this place. And of course, 2004 is a long time ago. and We came a long way with the internet. Right. <laughs> so, you know, back then I, I kept looking for things. I'm like, I couldn't find anything. 2014, um, I looked, I found a few things, but nothing in regards to anything that would help me with like haunted or, any, you know, whatever. Sure. Because I always, I always wondered, you know, is it haunted? It looks haunted. You know, it, it looks mm-hmm. haunted. And the area just, there's quite a few buildings in the area that are old, you know, antebellum, you know, just really fascinating buildings. Oh, amazing. And some of them, yeah. And huh. some of them have been empty, but, you know, somebody owns them, but nobody's lived in them or, you right. know, for whatever reason, they're not used. So I was just fascinated. I mean, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. So I was down there and, you know, looking around and then 2014, I just, you know, kept looking, and I was like, where can I find information? And I found a few articles, but nothing about it being haunted or anything like that. Right. So I thought, hmm, I need to ask some history people because I need <laughs> to find out what I can, where I can find information about this place and, you know, how to get it. So I got on, I think it was West Virginia, West Virginia History or West Virginia, Virginia Historical something or other and humanities or something like that okay. i got on there and started posting questions i was like does anyone you know have any information on sweet springs resort in monroe county west virginia aka you know old sweet right it used to be virginia before we turned to west virginia and <laughs> you know i just kind of started asking different questions in different forums mm-hmm. and then i started getting responses and mm-hmm. i was like oh this is really interesting so i was put my email there so that people could email me and you know give me information if they wanted to or ask questions if they wanted to and um I got a few emails and they were really short and sweet and it was it was sort of funny because um you can tell when someone especially I don't know about if you've came across this but like some older people they don't really like to admit that they've possibly seen a ghost or that there's a ghost story because they feel like it's kind of stupid you know yeah or that it's childish or or they don't want people to think they're crazy (laughs) exactly there's a certain you you know what i mean like there's a certain um age group that it's not quite acceptable you know so i find that with this particular um certain eras of the building there it's really hard to get people to talk about it sure so you know in this process i had people email me different stories mm-hmm. and they were really cool so i was like i was reading the stories and i'm like oh my gosh this is really really cool so the first story that i got that i was like it kind of like you know i perked up my ears and was like oh i gotta talk to this lady <laughs> it was a woman who um she said she was in her 70s and that her mother and her grandmother had grown up in the area and um, worked at the Andrew S. Rowan Memorial Home. Now, that's what it became in 1945, 
when the state took over. It okay. was the sanitarium from 1942 to 1944. Hmm. So prior to that, it was the hotel, like it was considered a hotel. Um, so these these nurses were actually, you know, grandmothers or uh, mothers of these ladies who were sending me these emails. Wow. And the the what was really odd was there were there were two emails that I got that were almost exactly the same story, <laughs> but they were different time periods. So you know they said you know my grandmother worked there you know between um, 1950 and 1958 or something you know and then another one said well my mom worked there from you know 1960 to 1970 and I thought okay so that they could possibly know each other but these ladies who are emailing me do not know each other because they were not the ones who were working there right Right. (laughs) and so and they also didn't know each other because um, you know, people move and families spread out. And some of these ladies were, one was from Texas and mm. the other, the other was from um, Nebraska. So those oh, are wow. two completely different, you know, they weren't related or anything, mm. but their stories were the same. And mm. basically what it was is they said their, their mothers and one was mother and one was grandmother. And they said when they were nurses there, they absolutely refused to go down one particular hallway um, because they felt like they were, you know, like just something was closing in on them and something very dark and scary was like lurking there. So they mm. would not go down that hallway unless they had the phone with them or they would just refuse. Hmm. And um, I thought it was interesting because they both told the same story, right. um, but they don't know each other. You know, so I thought, hmm, I'm going to check this out. And so I asked the one lady, I said, do you happen to know anybody else who worked there or um, know any stories? And she was like, no, (laughs) you know, and so I thought, okay, so this is not a, you know, collaboration. Right. (laughs) You know, so I was like, hmm, well, then I get an email from a gentleman who's from that area. And he says, I have a lot of stories for you. You know, what ones do you want to hear first? And I said, (laughs) all of them, you know. Right. (laughs) So, you know, we we actually met and um, when I went down to Monroe County and we met and he, you know, basically told me all sorts of stories, which were really cool. Some were from nurses that had worked there. Some were from his own experiences of being on the property and the grounds. Some were from, you know, people that he has heard have stopped there and looked and saw someone in the window, even though it was completely locked and, you know, not available to anyone. Right. Um, He said that he had seen what he thought was reenactors from the Civil War on the on the yard and the lawn. (laughs) But when he he turned around and came back, they were gone. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, I was like. Oh, wow, this guy really has some stories. <laughs> so then he said, oh, wait, let me call up my other friend who is also from here. And he can tell you some some really crazy. And I said, OK, please. Yes, I want to <laughs> hear it. You know, so, you know, this the other guy comes and he tells me he's like, oh, that jail is haunted. You know, there have been multiple people die in that jail, especially when, oh. you know, it's back during slavery times, because, you know, they would they would end up, you know, getting injured or something and they wouldn't get medical attention and they would end up just dying there. And he's like, he said he's seen multiple like ghosts, like shadow figures and things like that beside the jail. And he said, even during the day, middle of the day, he said, it's really, really, you know, he did not like that area. And so 
I was like, hmm, this is interesting. Well, then he says, but I can also tell you that there is a cemetery on the property, which was basically like a pauper cemetery for some of the residents who didn't have any family or didn't have family that could afford to bury them and things like that. So my book that I wrote, one of my books, is on the Rowan Memorial Home Cemetery, which is on the grounds. And it is literally, there are no marked graves that you can see. We mm-hmm. It's marked off by a fence. And it there's, there is supposed to be one tombstone there. But I have not been able to locate it. Wow. So it, all these graves are unmarked. And we have multiple, um, I basically compiled all of the death records um, that, you know, had listed them being buried in that cemetery and put them together and that's what that book is because I felt like that would at least honor oh. these people you know because they don't have tombstones and right. it's, it's sad I just think it's sad you know it's very sad so uh, yeah we, my next project that I'd like to you know down the road once we get the you know the restoration um mostly done I would like to put you know like a memorial marker for them at the cemetery you know sure. and see what we can do for that but um there are people that he he told me he said i used to help dig the graves um because Mm -hmm. you know sometimes they'd have to wait so they'd keep the bodies in the basement right of where you know it's cold you know colder and um he you know he told us that where they kept the bodies and he showed me and (laughs) you know that's just creepy in itself because it's creepy yes but he's (laughs) But he said it really freaked him out, too, because he was young. You know, he was oh, a young guy then. Yeah. And he said, um, you know, I, I didn't like coming down here to carry the bodies because sometimes they were just in cardboard boxes. And yeah. he said it's because the state didn't have, you know, that they didn't have the money to right. make big caskets. And, you know, and he said it was just really sad. Wow. And he said, I always felt like I was haunted. Like, he, he said he felt like there was always, like, something looming over it, you know, just because... Yeah. It was just so creepy to him. And I don't blame him. I mean, he said he was probably about 17 years old or so. Oh, God. And yeah. Yeah. And he said <laughs> that they would have, um, you know, sometimes they would uh, have the a minister come and do graveside rites, just, you know, right. like very simple, plain ones. And he said some people are buried in the same spot together oh, because, yeah. you know, because the, the just because it was, you know, more convenient and. You know, they didn't want to let bodies just lay around. That's awful. Right. Um, so, yeah, there's so many interesting things. But in particular, where they used to keep the bodies, the, this lady that was telling me these stories, she said that her mother would never go down there because she was, you know, was really creeped out by it. And it's because she said one time she saw it looked like a shadow figure crowd. And oh. she would not. She she would not talk about it because she thought she told her she thought it was demons. And you know that's wow. because back in, back in that day, that is how they viewed things. You know, so right? Yeah. It, it was, but but it is still creepy. You know, wow. and that is the area that I get a lot of activity when I'm sitting there by myself and have the cameras rolling and you know just trying to see if I can pick up anything, get any EVPs, and I mean I've had multiple things, and then. I don't know if you watched Destination Fear, but Chelsea was in one of the areas, and I never told them where I had these experiences or, you know, what happened. And she had, on camera, the exact same thing happen with the chanting. Oh, wow. And so it was really, you know, when I saw that, I couldn't believe it. I was like, I had to call the, I said, uh, did 
did someone tell you? <laughs> she was like, she was like, no, but it was the creepiest thing I'd ever seen or heard in my life. Like she said, that was terrifying. And I said, wow, I get it. <laughs> right. You know, and I, it was odd, you know, it was just really odd. And it was odd that, it, you know, she's, she is a female and she was there by herself and I was there by myself as a female. Uh, so I don't know if that, you know, leads, you know what I mean? Cause we've not had any of the guys that have been there that have right. said that, that similar, you know, loud noises that mm-hmm. sound like doors banging, you know, mm-hmm. um, things like that. So and then I come to find out, because I asked one of the ladies, I said, can you tell me which hallway, do you know, like, where it was in the, you know, the building? Do you, do you, did she ever tell you where it was? And the lady said, no, but let me ask my brother. He might remember. I don't know. So she says, let me, let me um, ask him and I'll email you back. And I said, okay. So she emailed me, emailed me back and she said two different areas. And the one was when, you know, the one is the area that we are in where you hear the chanting and whatnot. And that's the one she said she thought was demons. Oh, okay. And the other one was where she just said she felt like people, like there was a bunch of eyes watching her, even oh. though it was just a halt, you know, and, and she hated it. And she would, they would run. She said all the nurses would run through that hallway <laughs> when, and when, you know, when they would get back through the building. So I thought that is right. so interesting just to hear, you know, to hear that. Right. Um, and then that they always said there some of the residents would, um, report seeing like a ghostly woman, you know, float down the hallway or like a, a, a gentleman in like one of the top hats, you know, the, back in the old school. Um, oh. And she said that her mom always thought that they were just kind of like, you know, having dementia symptoms and, you know, oh. hallucinating or whatever. Yeah. But she said, now I wonder was it real? You know, were they not demented? And right, you know, they were actually things, don't they? Yeah. So, so your book. Tell the listeners the the name of the book and where they can get it. So you can, you know, both of my books are there. One's on Monongalia County, mm-hmm. and the other is Monroe County. So the Monroe County one is, of course, um, the one that is for the Rowan Memorial Home. Sure. And the link there, you can you know, go to the link, and it you know has the the different links for whatever book you might want to get. Right. But the the name of the book for there is the Rowan Memorial Home Cemetery, Monroe mm-hmm. County, West Virginia. Mm-hmm. And it is a com- compilation of all of the deaths that have been there from 1944 all the way up until 1967. Mm-hmm. And the reason why 1967 is because that is the, at the time when I wrote the book, that was the allowable public knowledge do you know what I mean like so right. you know death records are sealed to the public until a certain time so right. um that's why it's only you know to then but I do plan to continue you know once those records are made public and I'm allowed sure. to publish things like that because I feel that if they're buried there they deserve to be acknowledged and have their name you know absolutely um, and so there's the information that is in the book, I put as much information as I found off of the death record on the person and put it in the book. So that way, you know, people could find family members if they needed to, you know, there's no tombstone, but at least they could find where they're buried and, right. you know, come down. So it's, I, I, that's my other thing. I really like cemeteries and 
you know, history and genealogy and everything. So I felt like it was helpful. And I've had quite a few people message me and say, thank you so much. I could, you know, I always felt bad that my grandmother died there or my, you know, my great grandmother or my great grandfather, you know, and we didn't know you know, we didn't have the information and we didn't know where that was. And can you tell us where it's located? And, you know, so I, I feel very positive about it. You know, I feel very, very right. passionate about trying to help in any way I can. So yeah, yeah. yeah it's very interesting to me, you know, and, and a sincere thank you from me too, because, um, you know, like you said, it's, it means so much to people who have, you know, lost loved ones. Um, you know, to be able to have that information and be able to hold it in their hands. I'm sure that it means the world to them. So thank you so much for doing that. Oh yeah. You're welcome. Anytime. I mean, I, I just, you know, I'm like, it sounds like you're kind of like me. I mean, I I feel like, I feel like that's respect to the deceased because everybody, no matter if they had money or not, deserves to be respected, (laughs) especially there, you know, where they passed away. Um, clearly, you know, if they didn't have any family at the time or didn't have the money, then that doesn't mean they don't deserve to have, you know, memory, memory. Right. In one of my favorite cemeteries in St. John's, um, me me too, she who hangs out in cemeteries. Um, (laughs) So one of my favorite cemeteries is um, Holy Sepulcher. And um, it's kind of like, it's in a bit of a weird spot. It's like kind of in the middle of a city, like, and there's two main thoroughfares on either side. So it's not really peaceful at all. (laughs) <laughs> um, but there's a gravestone there, um, and the epitaph says, um, as I am, so shall you be. Aww. And I think that that is really like kind of something that, something to think about when you think about, yeah. you know, loss and, and, and death. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of the, it's going to happen to us all, you know, yes. I mean, we're, we're all just trying to get out alive. Right. So. Right. <laughs> Right. So it's like figure yeah. out where that is. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you know, it 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 really kind of it struck a chord with me because I was like, yeah, you know, I eventually I will be there, and there'll be somebody standing here remembering me, you know, yeah. or or you hope that yeah, <laughs> that somebody so, will yeah. be there, um, because <laughs> remembrance is important. <laughs> the stories are awesome. When you say the basement. Do you mean the area kind of like in the front of Old Suite where there's like those white kind of archways? So that would be like... What, I'm just like trying to get like, my bearings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that would be like what would be considered like the lower level, I guess, what you want to call it. Um, okay. We we tend to refer to that as like just the first floor, you know, the first level. Okay. Because, you know, you would think that the main, you know, everybody kind of looks at the main, you know, once you get up the steps into that big porch right um the portico they, they always kind of think of that as the main floor which it is mm. but back in the day you know before it was turned into um the sanitarium and then the nursing home um mm. that entire bottom was like the entrance mm. you know for and it was so if you're looking at it uh straight on you know where you see all of the porticos and to the far right if you're facing it the far right that is where people would arrive on stagecoach oh okay yeah so they would walk in to their entrance and of course back then the men and women were separated Mm -hmm. you know they would men would walk in one side women would walk in the other and there's a huge fireplace down there um huge i'm talking like you could walk in it like you could probably fit 20 people in it um 
like just walk right in it and it's just it's huge and so that was one of the big areas that was like the receiving area they call it you know where they would have you know people dressed in their big ball gowns and you know whatnot um, and come in down there um but in the back so that as you like if you would come into the building and come in on the bottom the bottom floor which i guess you would kind of maybe call it the basement but there's actually a lower level Okay. And in back, and it's you know the older section, and it's where like they would have the um, generator type um, equipment, you know, and then for heating and furnaces and you know all mm. of that. As you know, as it became a nursing home, so right. that that is the area that we call like the basement because okay. it's you know it's literally like in the ground. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. <laughs> it, I mean it's cement, um, concrete type deal but it's very damp and you know right. just that basement e <laughs> type deal <laughs> sure so that is where they believe that the bodies were kept okay. when they couldn't be buried right away right so in terms of um some of the other buildings that are there can we can we kind of get into the history of like because it wasn't always a sanitarium Right. Um, in as is the case with many a sanitarium, um, <laughs> it doesn't start yeah. out as a sanitarium. Um, right. Yeah. If, if we could kind of talk about some of those buildings and kind of the history um, behind them, because I mean, really, like the only like photos that I've really seen are of that main building with the white kind of yeah. archways. Mm-hmm. So if we could kind of go through a little bit, like a little kind of guided tour, maybe. Yeah. So, yeah. So what I, what I've done too, is I actually took a video of the, um, the grounds and I need, I need to post it so that everybody can kind of look, cause it was basically just a walkthrough so people can see, um, the main building and around and then over at the bathhouse, which is across, you know, across from the main porticos. If you would be facing the porticos and you turn around, directly you know just literally turn around completely you would be looking at the bathhouse okay and that is where the pool like the mineral pool the mineral mineral water that people used to come to the resort for because it was you know supposed to be healing and healthy and um which it's absolutely a totally different type of water it's it's gorgeous (laughs) um the bathhouse, of course, had men's side and women's side you know Mm -hmm. right and um you know it's it's a pool but it's made of, you know, mineral water. So it has, right. it's full of the mineral spring water. And um, on the property, so originally, before this big, huge building was built, which we um, we have been told is about 1837, wow. when, you know, they have documentation of actually this big, you know, this big building being built. So before that, they, they had what they called like a resort, you know, and that was, I'm talking the end of the 1700s so Mm. like 1790-ish we have record of George Washington actually being there and being a guest and um you know so so there were separate buildings and they kind of looked like I don't know what the best way to describe it but from what we have drawings of and, and whatnot it's almost like they looked like the have you ever seen an old farmhouse that has like the wooden um paneling on the outside like or what i forget what it's called siding type deal it's like wood you know made of wood and um, um oh clapboard yes yes yep. so it, it kind of resembled that um two two or three of the buildings kind of resembled that 
and they were very large. Hmm. Um, and when I say very large, I'd say, you know, probably, I don't know, maybe 3,000 square feet um, oh, wow. per each one. <laughs> so there were several of those. And then there were several cottages, what they call cottages, which are actually, you know, to us would be like a three-story um, house. Okay. <laughs> you know, everybody always thinks of cottage as a small, you know, right. small. No, but we're talking about like three-story house. <laughs> wow. But they call those the cottages. And they also call them like the, the three sisters um, because they just, you know, they were made of brick. And you've probably seen some pictures of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I've posted some of those. So yep. those three were, um, you know, pretty popular where people would rent them out um, to stay as, as a resort, you know. And then eventually when it became the nursing home, that is where some of the staff would live and, you know, oh, okay. li- live in those. Yeah. So on, if you, if you're st- looking at the building with the big porticos, um, if you go straight, look straight back behind, you know, cause there's actually, I don't know if you've ever seen the t- from it, from the top. Um, there's two long buildings that go all the way back, you know, oh, right. Yeah. And, in the middle, there's like a Jeff- what they called a Jeffersonian garden, you know, Jefferson garden, um, where they would have like flowers and trees and people could sit and, you know, hmm. things like that. So that's kind of in the middle. And then there's a building that one of the owners in like, two th- I think around 2000 or so, he made um, a water bottling plant. So hmm. it's not a big one. It's, you know, it's just kind of, it's kind of small, but that building just doesn't go with anything else. <laughs> you know oh, what I mean? Sure. It's just kind of like, it's just kind of there on the property. <laughs> but if you go back, you know, so if you're facing the porticos on the left, you go back, that was the women's dormitory. Okay. And when it became a nursing home, you know, they added that on. So like the sanitarium, they, they kind of, you know, didn't have that. It was just the main building. So then when it became the nursing home, they built that. They added that on as a women's dormitory. Okay. And so that's where a lot, you know, the, the female patients would live. And so, you know, they had rooms and like what you would think of a nursing home, you know, but it, it still looks that way. It's very old and mm. old, you know, old school. And now if you go back, if you're looking at the porticos and you go back on the right hand side, that is the old building. You know, that's the old, um, brick you know from like 1837 okay prior prior to that um there was like the old revolutionary war type fort type buildings you know and that's where people would stay as like a mountain resort type thing because you know to us that's not a resort (laughs) but but to to them you know it was it was a resort back in 1795 Mm -hmm. (laughs) so you know there were a few of those buildings originally and then what happened is it became so popular that, like, I don't know if you've heard of the Greenbrier um, mm-hmm. in West Virginia, yep. but the Greenbrier and Old Sweet were two very, very much, uh, compet- you know, competitive resorts. So oh, sure. that, that just, that kind of tells you how fancy it was <laughs> back then. And so the building that isn't, you know, now the, the one that was, we believe, 1837-ish, um, that is, you know, all that's all the old, all that old porticos, all that whole thing is, you know, from the old south, you know, and the old resort where a lot of people would come and stay. 
and it was really fancy and they would go back and forth between the green briar you know white sulfur sweet springs you know Mm -hmm. so they kind of visited all the mountain resorts right um but you know it's weird because a lot of people are like well i thought this was before that well it was but those buildings but that were like i call them like fort like cabin type Mm -hmm. resort houses they were of course tore down in order to make this big 1830s you know sure so now we do have a building that is on the property and it was from the like the very end of the 1700s now the jail is from the 1700s and it is the oldest jail the west of the alleghenies oh wow so yeah so the jail is still on the property you can actually um they they do let people in it when it's safe you know when we clean it out make sure it's safe and everything but you can still go in it it's still you know very very much intact and mm. i have done some evp sessions in there and got some very creepy things um oh. we do we do have record of people dying there yeah um i don't tend to exploit people like names and stuff because i can't sure. understand when people do that sure. <laughs> and then they're like oh yeah that's you know john from you know what it's like <laughs> no how do you know that you know unless he says i'm john from such and such you know right so i i don't i don't usually you know put out there who i think it is <laughs> but right i have suspicions you know mm-hmm. and then um so the jail is still intact and it's from the late 1700s and wow. then there is a building behind that which was called the the men's dormitory but it wasn't for men who were like the elderly it was for prisoners okay. who got who got out to work at the nursing home because they were like good behavior the, mm. the better the better prisoners right so that they would stay in the men's dormitory and that is still that building is still standing mm. and if you're looking at the porticos and if you look over to the left you'll see the jail Mm -hmm. and then you know past that to the right would be where this men's dormitory i guess is what you would call it i'm not really sure um but it's where the prisoners lived Hmm. and they would work the farm you know so they would work the farm like do butchering and you know cooking and you know um, any kind of manual labor type stuff they they did that so they were like you know, trustees, I guess, of the prison. Oh, sure. And so it was very interesting because mm-hmm. lots of interesting things happened during that time. And mm-hmm. if, if you think about it, would you really want somebody from prison taking care of your elderly <laughs> resident? You know, so it's kind of scary. <laughs> probably not. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> probably not. But, you know, I mean, of course, that's the way we think nowadays. You know, but back then, maybe that was normal. I don't know. Right. Um, to me, it seems a little scary. <laughs> I don't think I would want my grandma being taken care of by you know somebody who had you know committed armed robbery or something i don't know i don't know um like hey like hey grandma what are you in for well i'm here because i can't take care of myself anymore yeah i'm here for armed robbery (laughs) oh (laughs) right and so (laughs) you know i mean that's not funny i shouldn't laugh at it but you know it it, it sounds funny when you tell people you're and they look at you like what right you know like that is just ridiculous but that's how this place is so fascinating you know it's yeah. very interesting with the history and everything right. and then in addition to that i have research that shows that some of those prisoners were actually making moonshine in the kitchen while oh. it was a nursing home <laughs> and they got in big trouble so mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was interesting that's awesome 
Yeah. So I'm like, oh, okay, this place has really got its story. Too. <laughs> but, you know, there's a lot of stories about, you know, prisoners that also came and ran away. You right. Know, they, they, they disappeared because it's out in the middle of nowhere and, you know, I guess hmm. they just decided they were going to leave. I don't know. Right. So it's very interesting. And they would yeah. also take women, women, female inmates and bring them there to care for the elderly. And they were actually oh, like sure. kind of considered like nurses aides. Right. And so I find that interesting as well because, wow. you know, I don't really, I don't think I would personally want somebody <laughs> taking care of my grandma that, you know, has maybe yeah. killed someone or something, you know, yeah. but, yeah. but you know, it still makes for interesting stories. So, you know, with that being said, those those two, that adds into a whole other mix, you know, of history right. to this place. And mm-hmm. so you've got the still standing, like, three cottages. And then you have another house, which we are planning on probably making into a museum. Okay. And it is white. And it's, you know, three stories, if you count the basement. And... Everybody calls it a cottage, too, but it's obviously not a cottage. It's literally a, you know, big house that has probably five bedrooms. Sure. Um, so, you know, we have all these fascinating buildings on the property, and the, that one is not safe to go in right now. Um, oh, okay. So, you know, we, we don't let anybody go in there right this minute mm-hmm. or to the men's dormitory because it's really not safe. Sure. So when we get it, you know, when we get it uh, safe, then people will be able to tour it, hopefully. Right. But... You know, the main building is where most of the paranormal activity happens. Um, and then in the jail, we let people kind of you know, do a couple EVPs and stuff at the jail. It's really small. And mm-hmm. so, you know, just with that being said, it kind of gives you an idea like this this place has had such a huge amount of history, you know, sure. just different things. But, you know, prior to it becoming the nursing home, it was a, you know, established resort, like a really yeah. nice you know, considered nice resort. So you think of like the antebellum South with all the big Southern dresses and Southern bells. And, you know, um, Robert E. Lee was, was a guest there multiple times. Um, yeah. So a lot of the Confederate generals, even union generals, presidents, um, of America (laughs) came there to visit and brought their families. And we have records of that. Um, we were able to get, uh, about seven actual ledgers from back in the day where mm. they would, you know, log people's names as, you know, guests and whatnot. Right. And it's just fascinating to see, you know, the names mm. and, the, you know, it, it's just, it's fascinating to me, you know, just because yeah. it's still, it's still actually, you know, there and you can see it and read it and touch right. it. You right. Know? So, yeah. yeah. And I mean, I'm you're, a big, you're a big nerd. You're right. <laughs> well, that's okay, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're you're essentially just immersed in it all the time. Yes. So, I mean, yes. you're lucky that way. So, oh, I feel so blessed. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I'm so happy that I, you know, got to meet Ashby, the owner, and mm-hmm. some of the people that you know work there um, and help him, you know, to get the place up and running and everything. Yeah. I mean, they're just wonderful people. And you know, you just meet people and you kind of, you're like, I feel like I've known them. I feel like they're family, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, that's, that's the feel. And, um, initially, you know, Ashby, he's really not into paranormal at all. Like he, he doesn't, you know, he really doesn't care about that. You know, he's like, whatever, <laughs> just right. do your thing, <laughs> you know? Um, 
which I also like because when he does tell me stories or if he, you know, shares something that someone's told him, I find it interesting because if he doesn't really believe, but yet he finds it interesting enough to tell me, you know, it makes me feel like it's more valid because he's, Cause you know what I'm talking about. I mean, there are locations where the owners are like, this is the most haunted house in America. It, and, yeah. Well, yeah. that is not him. Like, <laughs> he would look at you and say, ask Cindy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I don't know. You know, like, I don't know. Right. And when he, you know, none of that stuff bothers him. You know, he, he just is like, whatever. Mm. You know, I, I don't care. I'm, I'm just here to try to make this place, you know, be yeah. back to a beautiful place, you know. And yeah. he has his own personal ties. Um, his mom was actually a nurse there oh, um, cool. for a while. Yeah. yeah. And she, he had a couple family members that were actually um, residents in the nursing oh, home. Wow. So he really has fond memories yeah. of the place and has his own, you know, memories to add to, to everything. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, I really like that. I really, really, you know, I really like the fact that they're not trying to exploit the paranormal thing and be like, oh yeah, right. you know, uh-huh, whatever, you know, yep. he's, he's literally like, go find whatever you find. <laughs> like, I really you're know. Right. <laughs> and he's like, if it's scary, don't tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of funny. It's like, you know, we kind of have a running joke. He's like, did you find any ghosts? And I'm like, no, not today. You know, right. and he'll start, he'll start laughing. And he's like, you didn't find any demons either. Right. <laughs> I'm like, no, not today. <laughs> you know, and we, we just kind of laugh. But right. um, then when I do find something and I show him, he's like, Ew, that's creepy. Don't tell me about that. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, he really likes that I like that. And I, you know, like to collect the stories and stuff because, you know, he just, he doesn't really care about it. Sure. (laughs) He cares about the historical part, you know, making it nice again and, you know, fixing it and everything. But he, he leaves the paranormal stuff up to me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, it sounds like it's in capable hands. So I think we're good. (laughs) Hopefully. You know, that's, that's, I, I definitely want to make sure that we save this place because, you know, it is in a remote area yeah. and yeah. people do lose cell service. So I tell a lot of the teams that come, I'm like, don't be scared when you don't have any cell service because <laughs> I promise you, you will not. You right. Know? And so most people are like, oh, that's creepy. That's even creepier. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yes, it kind of is. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't want to keep you for too terribly much longer, um, and and you've been so lovely and and wonderful to give me all this time, Um, but I I do want to talk about um, the conservation efforts um, and and get that information out there so that people know, you know, what they can do, how they can help, and and how they can donate. Yes. So I I also give you some links there. um, Yes. With the Resort Park Foundation um, and, you know, the information for their emails and um, the websites and mm-hmm. stuff, and on on there, you know, it will show you where you can uh, go to donate if you want to donate, and then if you want to volunteer for something or to help with something, all you have to do is email, and the admin assistant will let you know what we've got going on. You know, so like sure. if we're trying to you know do the grounds, she'll say, okay, well, we're going to be working on the yard and you know the planting of things this week, and mm-hmm. you know next week we're going to be working on. Um, you know, making sure the bricks and some of the other, you know, actual structures are, you know, being restored properly. And right, right now, um, our biggest project right now, so we've we've accomplished a few things, um, which are major. So we had a couple of possible places in the foundation that could, you know, could have posed us a problem. 
Um, those were properly fixed. So that, that was, that's one great thing. Awesome. The other thing is the roof was, of course, it's, this place is large, you know, oh, sure. and some of, some of the roof needed to be replaced. So we have managed to replace almost all of it, um, wow. properly, which is amazing too, you know, because yeah. that obviously needs, you need to have a roof to save the rest. <laughs> right. So that was, you know, that portion, uh, we were working on priorities, you know, priorities were like the, the main, the main pieces that would cause destruction to other pieces. You know? sure. So we accomplished that. And of course we always welcome anybody who wants to volunteer, anybody who wants to donate is very much appreciated. And right now what we're working on is the bathhouse. Hmm. So the bathhouse is, you know, brick. Um, I don't know if you've seen some pictures of it there. On mm-hmm. the, um, yep. it's, be- it's beautiful. It is and beautiful. And that's where the, you know, the mineral pool, the mineral water, there's still a pool there. And mm-hmm. of course we need to clean all of that out as in like, you know, there's algae and stuff growing, oh, sure. you know, yeah. so we need to clean all of that out and then, you know, check for anything that needs repaired. Um, because, you know, once we have it up and running to where people can use it, that's our main goal right now mm-hmm. is we want to make it a place where the community can actually come, you know, for right. swimming and, yeah. and whatnot. So, you know, that, that's the whole point of this is really, it's not the paranormal. It's to actually restore this place you right. know, to where the community can enjoy it. And, you know, people can actually come there and have nice little events and things like that. Um, stay there, you know, for it, the beauty of, I mean, it's so beautiful. And mm. so um, we, we're now starting on the foundation um, and some of the brickwork because, Somewhere along the way, um, one of the owners, and we're not sure which one it was, but one of the owners in the past started tearing down some of the bathhouse, which we can't figure out why they would do that. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. So there is a piece, you know, that that really it's like, why would they do that? Why would they take that down? Um, You know, so we're we're like, oh, we need to fix this. This needs fixed. So that's our main goal right now. Um, is to try to get that the bathhouse repaired, and right. you know we want it back to its beauty, its nap, its original beauty with the brickwork mm. and everything, and make it a safe place, right? A, you know, safe, clean place for people to actually use. Sure. So that's our goal right now. Um, with you know the upcoming spring and everything, that's what we really, really want to focus on, mm. um, because. You know how sometimes when you leave things long enough, they'll just get worse. Oh, sure. And we don't want to lose the beauty of that because that was one of the original things that attracted people to this place. You right. Know, because of the mineral water yeah. and the healing properties and, and you know, whatnot. So we really don't want to lose the meaning and beauty of that. And in the past, nobody had really kind of focused on that because they were like, oh, we need to worry about the building more, you know. Well, yes, but we've got the main things for the building, you know, we always need help. So anybody who, you know, wants to help, of course, definitely, please get a hold of us and we'll be happy to have you. But, you know, our, our thing right now is um, trying to, you know, fix the bathhouse and get it back to its normal. Um, You kind of, we have to, you know, try to do a little bit at a time. Sure. (laughs) Um, And of course, our, our other focus that has been in kind of an ongoing thing is getting some of the plumbing and, um, you know, some of the bathrooms inside the actual 
mm. big main facility, trying to get the plumbing working properly so people can actually use it and stay there. So oh, sure. um, Ashby, Ashby plans to uh, restore, you know, pieces at a time. So that mm. way, you know, people can actually start staying there once he gets it, you know, safe and up to date and right. um, you know, up to standards. So that that's our main, you know, main goal right now is to, to work on the bathhouse and then, you know, work on, um, you know, each little piece of the building that we try to work sure. on at a time. Because, you know, if you try to take on the whole building, <laughs> it, it is huge. Yeah. <laughs> it's like 120,000 square feet. So oh, God. It, yeah. <laughs> it is a very large building. And, of course, there's the other buildings that, you know, um, the cottages that I was telling you about. Right. The one cottage is, like, where we keep the office. So it's, okay. just, it's you know, it just looks like, it looks like a cottage, but inside is, like, where we keep our, you know, offices and mm. phone lines and computers and things like that. Right. Um, but, you know, we would like to originally uh, get it back to its original order and use it for its original purpose, hopefully to make it like a resort conference center again. Sure. That's the main goal. Hmm. But because of all of the um, haunted stories and whatever else, we want to allow people to, to come in while they can, you know, and right. see what they get. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then, of course, anything that they donate, you know, for coming in the paranormal group, that goes 100% to the restoration. Sure. So, you know, none of us get paid. I don't get paid. You know, I, I do this because I love the place. Right. And I want to see it back to, you know, the original restoration. So, yeah. Um, yeah, if anybody wants to help or donate or, you know, whatever, we welcome them for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's a huge project, and it's a beautiful place. Um, you know, it, it absolutely deserves to be brought back and preserved and, and, you know, like you said, enjoyed as a nice, safe space for, you know, people in the community and, and people, you know, out of downers. Um, yeah. You know, bring a suitcase and stay, you know. it's You know, it'd right. be great if it was a resort again and you could just go and stay there and kind of relax and soak in the springs yeah. and, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. And the weather is so nice. Like even in the really <laughs> hot summers because it's in the mountains. Oh, sure. It's it's still so nice. Like it, you mm. know, it's very like you know, very comfortable. Um right. even in the you know, the summer and you know, a lot of places get so hot and humid that it's like ugh, you know. Yeah, right. But it it's a beautiful place and there's yes. lots of, you know, things to to see while you're there. So, I mean, we really do hope to, you know, restore it have a place for people to stay and you know be happy and, and relax and yeah. enjoy themselves you know right <laughs> especially with all you know all of the stuff that's being contaminated and nowadays oh God. we want to yeah. we want to preserve the water right i mean like we want we want to preserve our water that's for sure absolutely um, because it's nice to be able to go there and actually drink the water and have right. it taste wonderful you know what i right. mean it's it's like this is now this is the best <laughs> right well, thank you so much for giving me so much of your time today. I super appreciate it. I'm sure that my listeners um, are going to love this episode. I know I've been excited about it for like three weeks. Um, <laughs> so I, I greatly appreciate it. Um, and if anybody you know wants that information, I'm, I'm going to take all of that information, um, your your bio and the links to your book and the links where they can donate and volunteer and you know communicate. Um, I'm going to put all those in the show notes so that they can stop there and and get their fill of old sweet yeah well i appreciate that thank you yeah and thanks for having me on i really enjoyed talking to you and um hopefully maybe you can come visit sometime and oh i would love that that's it for this week dear listeners 
If you enjoyed this week's episode and would like to learn more about Sweet Springs Sanitarium, you can visit their website at sweetspringsanitarium.com. You can find them on Facebook as Haunted Sweet Springs and on Instagram at Sweet Springs Sanitarium. For more information about Cindy's books, visit her Amazon author page at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Cynthia Harper. I'll drop a link to her Memorial Cemetery book in the show notes. For more stories about Cindy's experiences with the paranormal, find her page on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash haunted Harper. If you'd like to arrange a private paranormal investigation or an exploration of Sweet Springs Sanitarium, please email Cindy at sweetspringssanitarium at gmail.com. If you'd like to donate towards the preservation efforts at the sanitarium, you can go to sweetspringsresortpark.org forward slash donate. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'll be back again soon with more tales of the creepy, weird, and paranormal. Until next time, stay spooky. The Identity Podcast is brought to you on a weekly basis by host Janine Mercer. The podcast is written, produced, and edited by Janine Mercer, unless otherwise stated, and the music is provided by GarageBand. Find The Odd Pod on Twitter and Instagram at IdentityPod, and on Facebook as The Identity Podcast. You're welcome to email suggestions for future episodes to theidentitypodcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like a transcript of this episode, one will be available at theidentitypodcast.wordpress.com. Please take a moment to leave a five-star review on iTunes. And if you haven't already, please make sure to mash that subscribe button to be sure you're in the know when a new episode drops. Sincerest thanks to those who have promoted the Identity Podcast to their friends, loved ones, and coworkers. Every little bit helps.